Good morning, everybody. Wonderful to see you all this morning. I too want to really encourage you um, to be praying through the, the Thanksgiving offering and asking the, the Lord, engaging and partnering with the Lord in what he would ask you to give uh, to the work of mercy in, in our region. Gosh, we just love serving the community in that way here at Pine Rivers Vineyard. And so really, really want to encourage you to be before the Lord about that. God's on the move, isn't he? Yeah, good. I'm glad you agree with that. That's wonderful. It's a good start that we can all begin from (laughs) this morning. And the reason why it's exciting to focus on the fact that God's on the move, and I just loved our time of worship that we just had where Michelle and I haven't been talking, but uh, things that were being said and things that she prayed were were central to what we're going to talk about and what we're going to focus on uh, today. And um, it's through our series of the people of the Spirit, and our primary text has been Acts 2, 42 to 47. And we're in a time where we're celebrating Pentecost, and uh, well, what was Pentecost Sunday two weeks ago where David preached, and last week we had Phil and Kath Henry, um, wonderful vineyard people who have been around for many decades and and have just brought a wonderful word of of encouragement in terms of the work of the spirit amongst the community of believers but I also was really encouraged by some of their stories they told as well around how the Holy Spirit came on certain people or themselves to actually bring the body of Jesus closer together or bring people into the body of Jesus so if you haven't heard the last couple of, of messages I really want to encourage you to get onto your SoundCloud or your iTunes or your, your our YouTube channel. We're, there's so many avenues to go and actually have a listen uh, to, to those messages as we continue our series and as we continue our focus on being a people of the Spirit. Um, I want to start this morning by publicly acknowledging that what I'm about to share this morning, I am right in the middle of the journey of. I've been impacted all week uh, through this this message, and I, I just want to, in the midst of as I'm speaking, if I have a Freudian slip where I say you, please understand, I mean we. I, I always mean we. I'm, I'm right there in the midst of this this journey and and this word that that I'm going to bring today, and it is in the context of being a people of the Spirit. And I'm going to read out. Let's let's go there. If you can turn to Acts two. And verses 42 to 47, let's have a read again to remind ourselves of where we're playing in and what the Lord is is doing and saying to us. So um, jump in there and I'll read it to us. So again, uh, the context just before 42 is the Spirit has fallen on the disciples and Peter gets up and he gives that amazing, amazing word and and. People are cut to the heart. Many come to um, believe in Jesus. And we pick it up in verse 42. That was a very, very brief summary to a lot that's going on in that passage just before. So apologies uh, for that. But have a reread yourself. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. 
such a wonderful, wonderful text. And so much going into that text, both in the Old Testament and then forward in the New Testament. But that's not what we're talking about today. So I won't go there. Uh, no rabbit trails. You know, biblically, we can read the significance of Pentecost and what it meant to Israel and the disciples. There was so much expectation and so much desire for God's Messiah to come into the earth. They were crying for hundreds of years, Israel, to see the Messiah come, that oppression would stop, that we, that in the promise of all that it would mean when the Messiah would come would happen in their midst. There was a heart cry from Israel for hundreds of years. They cried out for things like Joel 2, that the Spirit would be poured out on all people. They cried out for Isaiah 61, that the kingdom would break in on the earth. As um, Read all of that. And then Luke 4, in Jesus' quote of the, of the kingdom coming on the earth and what all that would look like. So many heart cries in the Psalms from the Israelite people around the inbreaking of the kingdom and the coming Messiah the promise of the Davidic king reigning through all of eternity. Jeremiah 31, the cry of the Spirit will be put again, that God would put his, his Spirit on all people, not just on certain individuals. They looked and they longed for the time when this might come and when this would happen. But that was the Israelites' desire in the coming of the kingdom. But, but what about us? What, what, what about what are our desires? What, what, are, what, are we, what do we want? What are we asking for? What are we seeking for? What are we knocking on the door that the door might be opened? That's what they wanted when Pentecost was coming. And, and it was fulfilled in their midst in Acts 2. What a wonderful time it, it was for them. And we won't go too deep into that. But what, what about for us? What, what, what are our desires in seeing the kingdom come? I'm not talking fleshly stuff. I'm meaning in alignment with what God has and wants for our lives. But, it, but is it just accepting that, that there's inbreaking of the kingdom or, or are we actively going after it? Are we, are we going, asking, seeking, knocking? And last week, I've got to give a little bit of a backstory. A couple of weeks ago, I felt like the Lord said to me, what are the prophets saying? I'm like, all right, that's what that was. It was quite a random time. And I'm like, well, I don't know yet, but I'll, all right, I'll hold on to that, Lord, and, and we'll see where that goes. And it just kept popping into my head time after time after time. What are the prophets saying, Scott? And last week in, during worship... I, at this stage, I didn't know I was preaching today, by the way, still into last week. Last week during uh, worship, uh, if you were here, if you weren't here, there was a real cry in the midst of, just like this morning, the wonderful presence of God. Again, we continue in our midst right now in this season to experience the, the wonder that is worship, the wonder that as the people of Jesus come together, as Michelle said, as, as the, the, the fire that's in each and every one of us, as we collectively come together, it grows and it burns. I love that word, that it goes into like a bonfire when we come here. 
And then in the back end of that, we're, we're praising and worshipping God, but in the back end of that, he comes and he meets with us so, so intimately, so powerfully, so lovingly. You put the, the, the verb on it, he's doing it because he just knows where we're at, each and every one of us. And he meets us in that place right where we're at. He is such a good, good king. And in the midst of the presence of God, and remember the Lord said to me, what are the prophets saying? Right behind me, like literally the seat behind me, this person bellows out this scripture. And it was from Luke 11. And um, I've been impacted by it every day since. And it comes from the writer, it's Luke again. So Luke that wrote Acts 2 is also the one that wrote Luke 11. So let's go and have a look at Luke 11. I'm going to read uh, the first 13 verses to you. From verse 5 was cried out last week in worship, but I'm going to read the, um, from verse 1 down to verse uh, 13, I think it is. Yes. Yes, verse 13. Jesus teaching on prayer. And one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you say to him, you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of the friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I was nailed by the Lord after that. And for the entire week, every day I've been out walking and praying, it's been centered around ask, seek, and knock. I have a question for us all this morning. How are you going? How are we going? There we go. Didn't do the Freudian slip. I just paused it. How are we going with our shameless audacity before God? Those are strong words, aren't they? Shameless audacity before God. I don't ask from a pump you up or make you feel kind of guilty kind of question. It's, it's not about that. I'm asking off the back of a, a word that was given in an intimate time of worship and in a season where we remember and we celebrate the coming of God through the Holy Spirit. I believe that the Lord is asking us again afresh. Not that he hasn't been. He's just asking it afresh and maybe he's putting his finger on it a little bit more. What do you want 
in the kingdom, what are you asking for, seeking for, and knocking for in the kingdom of God? That it would happen in your life and it would happen in the lives of the people around you. We saw it in the leadership conference in, in Melbourne as well. It's not unique just to us, but in the vineyard body, it seems to be a question that is coming that the Lord is engaging his people to say, What do you want? What is it you want in the kingdom? And again, it's not from our own personal desire. In the context of Luke 11, it comes through the great prayer. that Those two passages, Luke has been very, very purposeful in putting them together. It's because he's saying when you come and when you pray, when you ask before the Lord, when you come before the Lord, you can come with boldness. He tells that parable on the back end to say it's not a timid approach to God. It's a shameless audacity that you can come to God with because you are his children now. You are his children. And so we can approach with that shameless audacity because of two words. Well, it's one word in Luke. It's two words in Matthew because Matthew has the Lord's Prayer as well. Our Father. Our Father. That's why we can come with shameless audacity. To each of us, maybe time, maybe familiarity, those kind of words, they kind of just roll off our tongue. We just say them. We just, we just speak them. We believe them, but we just kind of speak them. But to a first century Jew that would have heard that for the first time, they were revolutionary words. They were probably scary words, overwhelming exciting, a little scandalous, because don't forget what happened to Jesus when he called God his father and what the response was. That's the context we're talking about as Jesus says, you can say, our father. It's a big call, a big call. But it also, I think, would have built into the disciples, maybe not right in that moment because of maybe the shock of what they heard, maybe working through what does that mean for them? Can I do it? Should I do it? I, I, I don't know. Well, Jesus said I can do it, working through all of that. But over time and now with Luke's reflection, it is that shameless audacity and that prayer that leads us into saying that would have led them into a place of overwhelming hope that the kingdom had broken in and the kingdom was here. And now they are a part of bringing the kingdom on the earth. And so Luke tags these two passages together. Pray and do it with real shameless audacity. Come as his children. This was the God of the Exodus. The only, he was only accessible by, and, and by a select few like Moses in the Exodus where he was, would go into the tent of meeting and would meet with the presence of God. He was the God of the temple where, for again, for a first century Jew, their context and understanding would be it was only in the Holy of Holies that the presence of God came to rest and only a select few in select times would be able to go in and access that present presence. So the significance of the two words, our Father, is huge, huge for first century Jews and it should be huge for us. Again, not in a guilt way, not in a shame way, in a Oh my goodness, it's all on the table. The kingdom is here. Access to God is now available to each and every one of us. 
and what, like he wants us to be a part of it? Yes. Yes, he does. And and sometimes sometimes maybe we just we we I'm going off track on notes here. Oh gosh, I hope we we pick this up and it'll make sense in the end, but we'll see where we land. Sometimes maybe and we and myself included we pull back and maybe we wait. We wait and we wait and we wait. And sometimes, have you ever seen the movie um, Bruce Almighty, I think it is, with Jim Carrey, where he eventually gets God's power and he has to answer all the prayers of people and things like that? It's quite funny. But he has this scene before that happens where he's asking God, give me a sign, give me a sign. And he drive, he's driving as he's praying and he's, you know, a truck full, pulls out in front of him and there's all these signs on the back, caution, stop, you know, things like that. He's like, I really need a sign. He keeps praying. And then there's another sign that says, turn around, go back, you know, kind of deal. And he just keeps crying out to God and he eventually doesn't listen and he has a, an accident. But sometimes I feel like we're a little bit like, like that. We're asking God, we're asking God and he's right there. He's like, he's right in front of us. Yes, I'm here. Yes, you can shamelessly and audacity pray, but, but engage, ask, seek, knock, look for me, find me um, we're, we're, we're to bring the kingdom into your life. So with the context of, of let's get back on track a little bit, Let the context of our Father being in front of us now, and then how Luke positions Jesus' um, um, parable around how we approach asking God for his kingdom to come. Let's reread Luke 11 again. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say... Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread, a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him, and suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me, the door is already locked and my children are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. Hear this, people. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? Even you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Amen. Amen. What are we asking for? How are we boldly approaching our Father? What are we asking him for? What are we seeking? And what are we knocking that the door would be opened? 
the promise of Jesus in this scripture and in this passage is that the Father will give the Spirit to those who ask, seek and knock for the kingdom to come into their lives and into those of the lives of the people around them. And so this morning, I don't want to speak too much more. I believe the Lord wants us to spend a little bit of time asking, seeking, knocking with shameless audacity. Now, I understand in the midst of that, that can bring up feelings, experiences where we may not have seen answered prayer, where we feel like we have done that. We've gone hard after God and we still haven't seen the, the, the inbreaking of the kingdom, the fulfillment of that prayer. I, I, I am I'm with you in, in that journey. But I believe that God wants to meet our Father, wants to meet with us in the midst of those struggles, if you have those. I had a dream yesterday morning, um, when I, just before I woke. It was really random, and I, thought, I initially passed it off as one of those, I don't, I, was that you, God? Because that was really, really weird. Um, but I felt like the Lord said, yeah, it, it, it's the dream that relates to this word, and I want you to share it this morning. And so uh, I'll do that, and then we'll go into a time of ministry together, not ministry, uh, a time of asking, seeking, and knocking. The, the dream was this, there was this big pool, really, really huge pool, kind of shaped, rounded, and curved. And it was like it was situated in a desert, it was, it was really dry all around the pool, but the pool itself was very inviting and looked, looked wonderful. And there were lots and lots of people around the outside of, of the pool, but there were few in it, very few in it. And there was this one section to the right, and it had people wanting to get into the water. They kept approaching the water, and there were lifeguards everywhere watching everything that was going on. There was these lifeguards all, all around the pool watching, making sure people were okay. And these people down this right side, not you, I'm sorry, this isn't a, this isn't a you're all in that section. <laughs> There's literally three sections in the dream. Um, they on the right side wanted to get in the water and they keep approaching the water. And as they did, there was these weird creatures that, that they, weren't, they weren't of God. I'll say that. The feeling I got was they were not of God. It's like one was like this black wolf just in the water and there was this other one that was like this, gross bird that was kind of hovering across the water and as the people approached they'd kind of appear like a mirage and it would scare them and it would frighten them and they would back away from the water again and they wouldn't get in as a result and then those creatures would disappear they'd go and then somebody would go close again and then bang they'd appear again and they'd disappear and and these people were 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 too afraid to get into the water because of what they were seeing and what they were experiencing then around further, there were some who were sitting on the edge. It was, it was almost like this nice little sitting spot in the water. And they were sit, kind of sitting out of the pool on the edge, though. And they looked all nice and they looked very um, content, very okay with where they were at. And they were kind of dabbling their, their toes and their, their feet. They, they were kind of just dabbling them in the water. And then the water would splash for, for some reason, I couldn't see if it was people running through it or whatever, it would splash. But the point was when the water splashed, they got really offended 
and they didn't like that it was splashing on them. They were quite happy with, I, I, I just like that my, my, my toes can be in the water and, and I can control how much, how wet I get and how, how much that um, I'm experiencing the pool. And then there was this third section uh, around a little bit further and there were very few, if, if, if I remember the dream rightly, not many in it at all, if any, in it. And it was deep water, really deep water. Like it, w- it was really dark in, in, in what I could see, but it, but it felt safe even though it was dark. And this water was really stirring, like almost swells stirring, not breaking white water, but just stirring uh, around. And then the dream ended and I woke up and that was it. But I think the Lord maybe wants to minister into that dream a little bit this morning around if people are identifying that they may be in one of those scenarios. And I think the third one, if I can bring some context to it because it just ended and praying about it a bit, that's the invitational space of our seek and knock where we go in with bold audacity into an area that's it looks a little choppy and scary and, and deep and things, but, but you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay if you get into that deep water. I can't tell you about what the experience was like. I don't want to interpret too far into the dream or anything like that. That's, that's not my role. But I do believe that maybe the Lord, over time, is going to maybe show what the deep, being in the deep water looks like in that pool. And so... Um, This is the part where I lean right into the Holy Spirit and say, come Holy Spirit. I don't have a plan for ministry time right now, but I think we're meant to ask, seek and knock before the Lord.